Well, praise the Lord. I'm excited to, to, to preach to you this morning as we finish up the month of prayer. Everybody say month of prayer. We have, uh, have talked about a lot of different topics. I encourage you to go out and, and follow us on our, our podcast. Uh, if you just search on, on uh, Apple or Google or whatever you have, just open up your podcast app, search for Family Worship Center Columbia or Pastor J.T. Clark, and you'll find us there. And, and you can catch up on some of the previous ones because obviously it's a lot of topics. You know, you could preach on prayer for pretty much every Sunday, every Thursday for the year and probably not cover everything. I mean, there's just so much throughout the Word of God about prayer. It's just amazing. So it's important that we, you know, that, that if you can, to go back and listen to those messages and get caught up. But today, today I want to talk about something that really, really was on my heart kind of all week. I almost went there Thursday, but I, I, I felt like it was something for today. And so even yesterday I was working on games and getting ready for Hallelujah Night and, and getting, getting ready for this big day on Thursday. I was building stuff and trying to pray off the rain and all this stuff. And, uh, and this just kind of kept coming up in my heart, coming up in my heart. And, and, and so I want, to, I want to talk to you about how we should come to God in prayer. How we should come to God in prayer. Because I think that how we think about prayer and how we approach anything matters. My uncle is a pilot. Actually, I, I don't know. I haven't asked him in a long time. I'm assuming he still has his pilot license. But I, I got to fly. How many of you have ever flown ever in your life, flown on a plane? Okay. Um, how many of you have ever flown like in the cockpit? Anybody? All right, well, I'm going to help you out. It's really cool. It's really cool. And I've flown in a couple different um, planes. And, and when, you, when you do, there's a, um, uh, um, a lot that goes on. I mean, when you, have you ever seen like, uh, you know, movies and stuff like, like Star Trek and one of those, and they show the Starship Enterprise with all the buttons and all the knobs and all the stuff, and there's like 17 people running the, the spaceship? Okay, well, it's not quite like that, but it's pretty close. I mean, there's just knobs and buttons and screens and, I mean, all kinds of stuff that I had no idea what was happening. Then on top of all the screens you're looking at, there's a headset you have to wear that, where the tower is communicating with you. Because like in a car when you're driving, you can see everything that's around you and you've got mirrors and all that stuff. But when you're, you're in a plane, you don't have that. All you have is what you see in front of you and then the tower can see all around you. They can see above you, below you, in front of you, and behind you for miles, miles and miles and miles. But the one thing that I always thought was interesting was that the approach mattered. See, when you were coming in for a landing, the approach mattered. So you could be flying, you could have a smooth flight, you can have a great flight, but when you're coming in to land, it really matters how you approach. And I'm sure many of you, if you've flown commercially, you've flown on a big you know, jetliner or something like that, you know, you've, you've come in, and, and how many of y'all have had a shaky landing? I mean, when I went to, I, I studied abroad in Spain, and when I did, I... I, I flew on a, those little, um, they call them puddle hoppers or whatever. It's just small little planes. There might be like 50 people or so on the plane. And, and the point was is to get a really cheap flight because if you're studying abroad, you want to go see other cities. So we were in Spain, but we wanted to go to Paris and we wanted to go to these different things. Listen, y'all, the people would clap when we would land. Like, oh, thank God we landed. Thank, I mean, really, I don't know if they were saved or not. They were just excited that we actually had a successful landing. I was like, man, I'm, I'm glad I'm a Christian. I'm glad I got, I got God flying with me because, they, I mean, people just didn't have much faith. 
in these planes. I've landed in planes like that, and I've landed in the big 747s that were rough landings, and then I've landed when it was a smooth landing. Because the approach matters. The speed matters. The way that you hit the landing, the, the, the way you touch down. You know that there's a tactic that they use that you touch down with the rear tires first. There's a reason. And then you touch down the nose of the plane. The approach matters. And the approach in our prayer matters. That you can't just come to God as, as, as uh, um, uh, you know, in, a, uh, well, in an incorrect way, I should say. You know, the, James says that you, you have not because you ask not. Uh, or, excuse me, one verse says you have not because you ask not. But James says you, 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 your prayers are answered because you've asked amiss or you've asked incorrectly. See, you can go to God and you can ask incorrectly. You can ask for things wrong. You can approach God the wrong way. But we want to approach God the right way. And so today I want to talk about one of those ways and how we approach God and our attitude towards God. I want to start... Of course, looking at our staple verse on prayer that we've looked at all month for the month of prayer, Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. But then I want to look at Hebrews 4.16. It says this, so let us come boldly. Everybody say boldly. Let us come boldly before the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find his grace to help us when we need it most. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of God, before the throne of grace. Let us, you know, I've been and, 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 and I've seen all kinds of situations in life where people are, 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 you know, like for instance, I've been a boss, all right? And I've had somebody come to me and they come to me um, asking for something, right? Maybe they need time off or whatever. And they come to me, um, yeah, um, can I uh, please? Uh, 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 and they're like, can barely get out the request. And I'm like, I don't even understand what you're asking. Then I have someone that come in, and they come in, and very matter-of-factly and very boldly because they have the confidence that they're going to get what they're requesting. Does that make sense? There, there's, a, there's a way that we come to God, and I want to remind you this morning and encourage you that it's okay for us to come boldly. Now, I'm not saying we come disrespectfully or we come, you know, um, demanding of God or anything like that. But I'm talking about that we can come boldly. We can come boldly before the throne. See, th- this is so important because when, 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 you, uh, when you are a saved, born-again Christian, when you are saved, when you have given your life to God, you've got to realize and recognize that God has given you things and given you tools and given you assets and given you uh, um, the rightful permission to, to come to him and pray to him. You, you don't have to ever worry about how you come to God. You don't have to ever worry about like, oh, I blew it this week and I messed up so I can't pray. No, that's, that's incorrect. And that'll, 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 that's exactly what the enemy wants you to think. And he, he's given us rightful permission. It is our right to use the name of Jesus. It's our, he actually told us to pray and ask in my name. That we're supposed to pray and ask in the name of Jesus. That means that when I have the name above all names, when I have the name that at every knee should bow to that name, and I get to use that name, then I need to come with some boldness. 
I need to come with some expectation in my prayer. I need to come with some, some outlook and some, some, hey, listen, I'm not just coming and wondering if my prayers are heard. I know my prayers are heard. He says he hears the prior, prayers of the righteous. If I've asked God to cleanse me and forgive me my sins, then you, you know what? Let me, let me, I'm going to jump way ahead of my sermon because i got some notes over there, but I can tell you already I'm not really going to go off of that. Let me just tell you where we're going to go. Isaiah, Gage, jump down to Isaiah down there. It says that, Jesus, that God will blot out our sins for his own sake. See, we think that it's for our own sake. But he wants to bless you, and he wants to never think of your sins again. So he will forgive us of our sins. Another verse says that he is faithful and just to forgive me of, and cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. That means it does not matter what I've done. It does not matter where I've messed up. Where I've gone wrong, where I've, even if I've royally messed it up, that all I've got to do is ask for him to forgive me, and he'll forgive me. He's faithful and just. He's faithful, and he's the best judge you've ever seen. He is faithful and just to forgive you. So as soon as I ask him to forgive me, then there's nothing between me and him, and at that moment, I can come boldly before the throne. And that's it. That's all I got to do. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to keep. See, here's what, here's what I, I, why I wanted to, to, to start here, why I felt led to come here. Because what I think happens is, and I've done this, is, is we mess up. So we ask God to forgive us. Then we keep dangling our sin in front of us as we're trying to pray, as we're trying to get an answer from God, as we're trying to get. And we keep, we keep it in the forefront of our mind. But he's telling us here, I will never Think of it again. I will never, I will forgive you and wash you and cleanse you as far as the east is from the west. Let me tell you something, that's never ending. If you go all the way to the east, the west is still all the way the opposite. And if I go all the way to the west, the east is still all the way. It's a never ending. I will never ever be able to get back to where I was. He says he'll cleanse me as far as the east is from the west. It's, it's infinite. It's, it's never ending. His grace, his forgiveness is never ending. So why, do we, why would we not come boldly to ask him for what, he's, for what he wants to do, for what he's, he said, you have not because you ask not. We've got to ask. We've got to come in prayer. Prayer is so important. You know, Brother John Wesley said, uh, um, that it seems as if God will do nothing for man unless he asks him. It seems as if, because, you know, God is limited. Even when we, we covered this um, last week and on Thursday, we talk, on Thursday actually, we talked about, by the way, the Bible studies on Thursday have been great. I encourage you to make those. Those that have been coming have been really blessed. Um, and, and, and we do something fun with the kids every Thursday. So, so I encourage you to try to make those. Anyways, <laughs> On Thursday, I went over the Lord's Prayer. You know that before the Lord's Prayer, Jesus outlined some keys to the prayer. And then he, he, he talks about how we should pray. And in all of that, in all of his explanation of prayer, it's clear that there's some keys and some things. But he gave us a model of prayer. He, he didn't say, it's not that we, he actually says, don't be like the heathens and the hypocrites and just repeat your prayer and pray out and open for everybody to see. He said, no, you need to come and you need to pray before God and bring your request. So he said, your father knows what you need before you even ask. But then he goes on to tell, ask. Why? I, 
I didn't make up the system. He made it up. I'm going to trust his system. His system is, I know what you need. I already see it. As a matter of fact, I see it more clearly than you do. I see it better than you do. And not only because I'm all-knowing and all-powerful and all-nip, I see the problem and the answer. See, God sees your issue and your answer. Sometimes all we see is the, is the problem. All we see is the, the mountain. All we see is the glaring issue. And we make it, come on, let's be honest. We like to make it even bigger than it is. I mean, we'll take a little molehill and make it into a mountain. I mean, we'll take a minor issue and just blow that thing up. And we've got to tell everybody about it on Facebook because that makes me feel good. So then everybody knows and everybody sympathizes and everybody, all we're doing is inflating a problem that God says, I've already got it. I already, I already took care of that for you. I already provided a solution. Why haven't you asked me? And if you have asked me, why haven't you waited for me to just, it's, the answer's coming. See, the Bible says that we've got to believe we receive when we ask. So if we really believe we receive when we ask, then when I get done praying, at that moment, I'm going to leave my prayer closet or my car or wherever it is that I'm praying. Whether it's a prayer meeting or a Thursday night, we've been praying on Thursday nights, it's been great. I'm going to leave that moment. And never act like I don't have the answer again. In other words, I'm going to act like and walk like and talk like and think like that answer is already there. I didn't think I was going to tell this story today, but I'm going to tell it. On, on Thursday, I told them, I said, uh, actually two Thursdays ago, right, Chris? I told you I'm buying a car. We're getting a new car. And then yesterday, or excuse me, Thursday, I told them, I found the car, right? Miss Lenore, you were there. I said, I found the car. And unless the Lord leads me otherwise, didn't I say it? Unless the Lord leads me otherwise, I'm going to go buy that car. Well, we drove all the way to the car on Friday. Took my whole family, drove up there, and I prayed. And I didn't know, you know, I had peace about going, I'll say that. But what I really had peace about was the car on paper. On the specs, on the price on the, the, the features I had on, I had, and we had driven the car, um, another version of it, another color of it. And so I knew that I liked the car, but I hadn't driven this car. And so I drove up there, took my family, prayed all the way up there. Lord, keep us safe, protect us, lead me. Lord, let me buy the right car. Let it be the right price. Let it, Lord, I think, and I see, I had already prayed in faith. I'd already received it. This is the point is that as I'm praying, I'm not asking him for the car again. I've already asked him for it. I've already received it by faith. As a matter of fact, I already see myself driving it. Now, if you go out in this parking lot today, you're not going to see it, but I see it. I see it. I see myself in that car. I see our, I see our family getting in it. I see our beautiful new baby boy that I got coming on the way. Come on, somebody. I'm excited I'm having a boy. I just got two little girls. I got to have a boy. You know what I'm saying? Got some testosterone up in that house. But I'm, I can see my, putting my little boy in the car. And now we're going to have three rows. And bless God, three car seats. Y'all pray for me. And, and, and I can see the three car seats in there. And I can see it. So as I'm going up there, I'm praying that way. I'm thanking God. Thanking him. Lord, thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for, for leading us. Thank you for helping me negotiate right. Well, as I open the car door, 
My, my wife and kids are in the bathroom. They're changing, and we had just drove in a little way, so they're doing the mommy, you know, bathroom run and changing diapers and whatever. And so I'm putting car seats in the new car. And I open it up, and I smell something. I said, what is that? Well, I start hooking the car seat, and I said, I smell it again. I don't have the strongest sense of smell. I don't. It's just not my, my strongest sense. So if I smell something, it's strong. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm, I'm putting the car seats in there, and I'm going, I think, I think there's somebody, I think there's somebody smoked in this car. I think, I, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm, I've never been a smoker, but I've been around it before and had family members who smoke, so I'm familiar with the smell. Obviously, you know, you go to any public place nowadays and someone outside somewhere is smoking. I'm like, man... I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to drive. We're just going to, I'm, just, I'm here now. I've already drove all the way here. I'm gonna, so I'll put the other car seat in there. And then we get in and we buckle all the girls up and we get in and my wife is really quiet. And she's already, I mean, she's already a pretty quiet person, but I said, what do you think? She said, what's that smell? <laughs> I said, oh no, this is, this is not good. So now I'm trying to talk her out of it because I really want this car to work. I'm like, listen, I already looked it up, which I had. I was like, listen, it's real easy to get the smoke smell out. You just do this, and you put some stuff under the seats. And, you, and so she's like, oh, you know, okay. You know, and she's like trying to go with me, and I'm like trying to, I'm trying to sell her on it. I'm trying to just sell her on it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to paint a picture. Look, we've been believing for this car. I felt like God led me to, to this car, which I did. But again, what I realized later is that God led me to the, to the type of car, that this is the type of car for us. And so, so anyways, long story short, <laughs> we're driving around, and she's like, you know what? I'm going to trust you. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. You're just going to put it back on me and let me make the decision. Okay. All right. I see. So then I'm real quiet. Now I'm driving and I'm praying and I noticed a couple of other things. That was probably the biggest thing, but I noticed a couple of things, a couple, you know, probably some fixable things, but some things that I didn't really want to deal with. And you're buying a, I mean, it was a used car, but if I'm going to buy it, you know, I don't want to buy it and have to do a bunch of stuff to it, you know? So I'm noticing this stuff and and I'm like, man, I don't know. But how many of y'all know that God is a spirit and he speaks to our spirit? And so there was no clang from heaven. There was no lightning bolt. God didn't stop me in the middle of the highway and say, thou shalt not buy this vehicle. None of that happened. Inside of me, I didn't even hear the voice of God. I just knew I didn't have peace, number one. And I just knew this wasn't it. I got real confused in that moment because I thought that this was it. But, but again, I remembered something my pastor said, you know, like when you're searching for a house. If you're searching for a house and you're searching for a three-bedroom, two-bath with about 1,500 square foot in a garage in a nice neighborhood with a driveway, how many cars in Columbia, I mean, excuse me, how many houses in Columbia, South Carolina fit that mold? Hundreds, maybe thousands of houses, Right? I mean, it could be this house in the summit or this house in this neighborhood or this house in Wildwood or this house in, right? I mean, it could be wherever. I mean, if that's what you're believing for, because when you get in the house, you might realize, okay, I like the kitchen up front. Or God might say, okay, well, don't buy this one because see that roof damage, there's some issues, there's been some water damage. And so I don't know what was wrong with this car other than the smoke smell, but all I know is that car wasn't for us. And so I got back and I hadn't made a decision yet. We pulled back in the parking lot and I'm looking, I'm looking for anything that's just blaringly, you know, let God show me, speak to me, you know. But I already knew, I already knew my spirit, but now I'm just wanting to, you know. And so I'll pop open the hood, 
and I'm messing with the door that I don't think was closing properly and all this stuff is going on. And so my wife's still quiet. She's sitting there and I'm waiting on her to say something. I'll be honest with you. I was waiting on her to say, don't buy this car. But she wasn't going to do it. She was going to let me make the decision. And so I'm sitting there and then finally I, I took a moment, just kind of got away from the kids a little bit, took a few feet away. And again, just in my spirit, I knew this isn't it. So I walked back to the hood. I looked at the engine and I said, I looked over to my wife. I said, I'm leaving this car right here. She got so excited. She was like, yes, okay, all right, let's go. Let's go home. Let's go get some meat. I'm like, really? I'm like, all right, all right, cool. You know, because I thought, man, she's going to be bummed. We drove all this way and she didn't get a car. We we drove all this way because we've been talking about this for weeks now. She's had some issues with her car and we're ready to get rid of her car, get rid of the issues and get something new or newer. She was so excited because she knew she had that witness in her spirit, but she wanted me to make the decision. Man, I was so excited. See, that's what... That's what prayer is. There's secrets that we get in prayer. And I wasn't afraid to come boldly and ask God, God, what kind of car do you want for us? What kind of car is this? Because I knew weeks ago when I started praying for the car that if there was ever a moment where I got to the wrong car, God would leave me. I knew that if there was ever a moment where I would get to a, a decision like this, that God would be with me. That God would show me. That God would, would, would lead me and take me to, to, to where my family is supposed to be. I know and I'm confident in it so I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be concerned. All I have to be is, is and I like this word boldly. You know what bold means? I wrote this down. Because I think it's important. We, 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 it says not hesitating to break the rules of propriety. See, the world paints this picture of how we have to come to God in prayer. But if we look at his word, that's how we're supposed to come. So when I'm, when I'm, what I'm saying here is not that we break the, the rules of the word. Obviously, we want to follow his words. But that we come boldly. We come boldly before God. Don't, do you think that God doesn't want to, to, to bless you and increase your life? Do you think that he doesn't want me to have a good car? No, I know. See, I know his word. And when you know his word, it reiterates within me and everything within me. Everything in my spirit, I know that I can come to God and ask him for whatever I need. I know that I can come and ask him. You need to know what you should pray for. There are many things that you do not need to pray for, but it is all right to pray for boldness. And as a matter of fact, you should. You know what? I'm going to skip this part here. Let's go down. I want to talk to you about this. Ephesians, Ephesians 6.18. Excuse me, Ephesians, yeah, Ephesians 6, 18 and 20. I read you verse 18 earlier. So let's read it again in, the, uh, in this different translation. It says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This is Paul. And so Paul is, 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 is explaining some things about prayer. He's writing to the church at Ephesus. And he says here in verse 19, and pray for me too. Pray for me too. So he's, asked, he's praying for them. He's teaching them on prayer. Then he says, y'all pray for me. You see that in verse 19? NLT down there. Um, if you put that on the screen, Ephesians 6, 19. It says, and pray for me too. And ask God to give me the right word so I can what? Boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. See, Paul had a mission. He had a mission unlike other Christians. Other like, unlike the other apostles at the time. He had a mission to go not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. See, the Jews, they weren't sure about the Gentiles being 
Right, but, but Jesus said that you go into Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. See, Jesus had already told them that my gospel, that, this, that y'all need to take this around the world. And so Paul got that memo. The Holy Spirit dealt with him. And so now he's asking and praying for boldness to go and preach this word. I think that this is a reminder that not only do we need to come boldly before God, but it's okay for us to pray for boldness. And God, let me, bold, let me become a bold witness for you. Lord, give me boldness. Give me, Lord, that, when I, that I'm not afraid when someone needs Jesus for me to say, you know what, I've got an answer for you, sister. I, I, let, me, let me tell you about what God did for me last year, and it's going to encourage you. And I'm not afraid to tell you. And I'm not afraid to take a moment, and on my break, I'm going to go to that person and share something with them that will change their life. I'm not afraid to take an invite card and invite them to church because it's helped me and it's blessed my life, and so I'm going to bless them. I'm not afraid. I'm, I'm going to ask God to give me boldness to do what he's called me to do. We all are called to do something. We're all called to do something. So we've got to pray and ask for boldness. Boldness to preach and declare the word boldly. This is getting even harder to do in today's world. We need boldness. We also need boldness to act on what the Holy Spirit may tell us to do. You know, you'll be in the middle of, of, of doing something who knows, right? I mean, you'll be in the middle of, of, of uh, I've, I've been at, uh, I, I told this story a while back. I was at a coffee shop one time, and this guy was sitting beside us. And, you know, sometimes when there's a lot of seats, it's weird when someone sits right beside you. Like, why couldn't you sit like, like 10, you know, I mean, there's lots of seats, bro. Couldn't you give, you know, give us some space? Like, he's a single guy. I got, you know, four, family of four. You know, what you doing right here? But then we struck up a conversation. And the Lord led me to, to begin to just witness, him, witness to him and talk to him. I, I don't want to ever be afraid to do what the Spirit tells me to do. To pray as we should pray. To do what we should do. I, I already talked to you about Isaiah. But I want to finish up with this. All right, here we go. We have rights in our own home. You know, when you're a child of God, and I gave this analogy the other day, I'm going to use it again because it's really good. My children have rights in my house that you don't have. My children can do things in my house that you can't do. Now, you can ask me for permission, but rightfully, they don't have to ask me for permission to go to my refrigerator or, or to turn on the TV or whatever it is. They can just do it. They can just, they can go and they can, it's their house too. And so they have rightful permission. So I wrote this down. We have rights in our own home. We have rights in our own home. The believer, you and I, have covenant rights in prayer. We have, we have a covenant with God in prayer. We have, that, means, that means that it's a two-way street, that I have a part to play and so does God. This is important. This is important. Y'all get this because the, the covenant right that I have with God means that I have a right, number one, to pray. I have a right to pray. Just like you have rights as a citizen in this, in this country or in this county or in this city, you have rights Right? That, that, that are given to you by our founders and, and by, blah, blah, blah. By the laws and all that stuff. Okay. Now in the kingdom of heaven, you have a right. And, a, and one of the rights that you have is a right to pray. You have a right to pray. You also have a right to come before God. You have a right to ask him. You have a right to let your request be made known. That's what he's saying in these verses in Ephesians 6 and these other verses that we've read on prayer. Matthew, that's what Jesus said in Matthew. He was telling us to come, to ask in my name. 
ask in my name. I'm giving you the right. You have a covenant right. You don't have to ever wonder. You don't have to ever question. You have a right. Don't you, don't you let sin hold you back. Just ask me to forgive you. I'll forgive you and then pray to me. Come boldly before me. If you've messed up, then get, then get it right. Make it right. It's not hard. Don't let. See, that's what when we have. Let me say it this way. We have not just a right, but a privilege to come before God, to have a relationship with him. So and whenever I let anything hinder that, whose fault is it? Whenever we make the statement or make the, the you know, oh, I, don't, I just don't feel close to God. I just don't feel God today. I just don't, I just don't know where God is in all this. I, see, I have a hard time with that because all you have to do is pray. All you have to do is pray. You have a right to pray. You have a privilege to pray. All you have to do is go to him in prayer. Is come before him and just say, here's what's on my heart. Here's the problem that I have. I know you already know it, but I need to ask you for help. And I'm going to ask and I'm going to believe that I receive. Once I ask one time, then I'm going to just thank you for the answer. And I'm going to stay in faith. And I'm going to receive my answer by faith. And I'm going to walk it out and I'm going to praise you for it. I'm going to come with praise and thanksgiving. We have, a, we have a covenant right. I wrote this down from Kenneth Hagin's Art of Prayer. We don't have to sit on a curbstone out in front of our mansion begging for favors. We can come in boldly through the front door and enter the throne room to fellowship with God. Can you imagine a millionaire sitting out in front of his mansion? Has the keys to it. Owns everything inside of it. All the food in there, but he's out begging for food. Out begging for, out, out asking for handouts. Asking for a ride. Got one of the cardboard signs. But he's got the keys to the house right there. That's absurd. Yet we do that all the time. Instead of praying, instead of going to God, instead of asking him, instead of, instead of you know, I quoted this earlier. Let me say it again. The earnest, heartfelt prayers of a righteous man or woman make much power available. If you're, if you're wondering where the power is missing, if you're wondering why the power is missing from your life, I want to ask you, have you prayed? Have you spent time in prayer? Have you come boldly before the throne and asked God for the grace you need? Have you asked him for the support you need? Have you asked him for whatever it is you need? My children can ask me for anything. Anything. And if it's in my power to give it to them, then I can do it. And here's the, be the best thing about all this. God is all powerful. And if you ask anything according to his will, he says it's already done. It's already done. It's already done. It's already complete. All I have to do is receive it. All I have to do is just, is just receive it by faith. All I have to do, that's all I have to do, is pray, is come to him. We can't miss, you know, just because I know that he needs it. I mean, he knows that I need it. Just because he knows that I need it doesn't mean I need to skip the prayer part. Well, God, I know. I know you know. Don't you see me struggling? You got to ask him. You got to ask him. See, God wants our faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 tells us it's impossible to please God without faith. We've got 
to come in faith. We've got to come boldly before the throne and we've got to receive it by faith. We've got to receive it by faith.